0: Oh my, I have enjoyed that, yes boy. Me, oh my, I have enjoyed that, yes boy. Me, oh my, I have enjoyed that, yes boy. Me, oh my, I have enjoyed that, oh yes boy. Me, oh my, I have enjoyed that, yes boy. Me, oh my, I have enjoyed that, Well kia ora whanau, and welcome back to another episode of Code with Kingi. This is an In The Sheds episode and I'm very grateful to have a member of the Hurricanes and Manawatu Turbo and Braden Iose. Braden, thank you very much for your time, my man. And what have you been up to since the competition's come to a cease and you're waiting for Midas? I
1: appreciate having me on, bro. Um, bro, I've just been chilling eh? back in Palmy, Paradise North. Just been um catching <laughs> up with friends and family. Eh? like like I was just saying to you before, it's um it's pretty different up here to Wellington. It moves pretty slow, like everything's just, you know, down the road or around the corner. So I've just been enjoying, you know, having a little bit of time away from rugby and just yeah, spending time with the people that I haven't really had a chance to spend a lot of time with this year. So it's been um, it's been real
0: good. Like eh? how's the body and all that? Because I know it's it was an extended season in comparison to what some of the Super superboys went through last year. Like did you find yourself, I don't know, like needing a break?
1: Well, um the body's the body's really good, bro. Like it feels really good. I've had a bit of a um bit of a tough run the last couple of years with injuries and stuff, so Mm-hmm. It's been, um, I've been pretty grateful to get through the full super season without any real injuries, which has been, which has been awesome. But um, my body feels really good. It was more so just needing like a bit of a mental break. Once you're in the thick of it in the season and stuff, it's, um, it's quite a lot of content and sort of you get into the routine of every week trying to learn and get everything um, ticked off before, you know, game day or, or whether you're playing for the main team or club or hunters, whatever. So I've sort of just been enjoying that that mental break from it more than anything
0: yeah 100 bro and then because when does Two and their preseason start
1: we go on um, full-time tomorrow so um, oh, wow yeah yeah straight into it really I think we play Auckland into Friday's time in our 1st preseason. so pretty short and sharp little hit but um it should be good eh? I'm pretty I'm pretty ready for some to play some rugby again like three weeks is a, is a you know good enough break. I'm pretty keen to you know get back into it, so pretty excited to join up with the boys. There,
0: uh, hard how the lungs you've been going for many runs, keeping that ticking over.
1: Oh, bro, we've been um, there's been a good little group of us actually, myself, Liam Mitchell, and um, Jamie Booth. We've all been training together, but nice. um, we've, we've just been we haven't been doing too much conditioning. We had a good hit on Friday, but um, I'm pretty sure we've got a yo yo tomorrow, so I'll find out <laughs> then. But I'm not so excited for it, eh. <laughs>
0: I don't think anyone that's fronting up for the first day of pre-season would be, bro, but it's all part and parcel. Well, it's cool to hear that, you know, you've you've had a good break and you settled back in, got to catch up with some people that, you yeah, like you said, you didn't really have the time for or could make time for in the in the thick of the, the cane season, my man. But we'll start from day dot, like I do with every other guest, man. And so I know that you're from Palmy So did you grow up there? And, like, how did you even get into playing rugby to begin with? Well, so I
1: actually, um, I actually only moved to Pame... For high school, so I grew up in um on the Kapiti Coast, and there and um between there and Porirua, so yeah, I played my junior rugby from when I was about four. I played, jumped on for my older brother's team. Just my dad was the coach, so you know could have a little run around, and I played for Paraparumu Junior Rugby Club until I was under twelves and then um I moved to North and Porirua, mm-hmm. and um bro, that was unreal going from to north like I had my cousins playing with me some really close family friends and um, I guess sort of that move sort of made me um realize how much like rugby was like you know like you know I always enjoyed playing rugby but having like my family and some really close friends being on my team like made me enjoy it so much more mm-hmm. so um, yeah so then from from north and under 13s I moved um I went to boarding school at Palmy Boys. And then um, my parents actually moved up to Palmy when I was year 10. So at the start of year 10, they moved up and I left the hostel and then um, lived at home, which was such a win, man. Like (laughs) the food of the hostel wasn't the best. And then coming back to (laughs) mum's cooking was like, it was world class. So so. yeah, I guess that's sort of of how the rugby journey started for me was, yeah, the pram.
0: True bro, a oh, hot for no boy. Okay. So I guess you sort of are familiar with Wally, so to speak, rather than being like a, a straight out of towner like you have with some of the boys from the bay or you know, Palmy boys, you know, some of your teammates. So you mentioned mm. going to boarding school and I know there are there are a couple of boarding schools out in Wellington. Uh, namely, well, there's one really that comes to mind, and that's my old school, St. Pat Silverstream. So what was the attraction to Palmy boys over some of the other local schools or in the area, or anything like that?
1: But the main the main thing, um, I guess, was my mum and dad decided, I've got an older brother who's three years older, older than me, and they sent him to Pummy Boys, and I guess they just sort of felt that um, that was the best place for him. It wasn't anything to do with, um, you know, sending him up here for rugby specifically or anything like that. It was just they really liked the, the way the school's set up, the way they um, go about educating young men, I guess. So they sent him there and then from that that moment on was sort of like oh yeah I want to go you know Mm -hmm. your older brother's there so I want to go there but I very um I actually very nearly went to St Pat's stream to board as well but um I guess yeah just having my brother up in was sort of the main main attraction for me and like a lot of um the boys know and like people close to me know like man I, I love my school hey like that's probably one of the Decisions my parents made for me that I'm so grateful for was sending my brother and I there because it's just like going there just taught me so many incredible things, not only to do with rugby, but, you know, around being a, trying to be a good person and, and around education and stuff like that. So looking back now, I'm extremely happy. Like I, my parents sent me here and we made the decision not to go here as opposed to stream. Nothing against stream, obviously. Mm-hmm. But um, Yeah. Yeah, I guess, yeah. I just, bro, like, yeah. I
0: love loved the hero. Yeah, but I guess it's like with any of the boys that, you know, crack on and go to school, like I'm the same as you, man. I, I love my time at my school. I actually only spent four years at Stream. I spent a year up in Auckland at Mount Albert Grammar, but yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed my time at secondary school and I've you know the mates that I still hang out with today are the, the boys that I went to school with and I'm guessing that's probably similar for you, but you talk about what the school did for you and how it shaped you as a person, not only on the rugby field, but also off it. But like, going to Palmy Boys, you know, even though you had your older brother there, like, what were you like as sort of, like, at that age? Like, were you, like, rugby, 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 or were you, like, a, a bookworm, or did you have quite a balance? Were your parents quite good with that stuff?
1: Bro, like, <clears throat> oh, I was I was pretty, like, rugby-driven, eh? Like, that was sort of the thing for me. I always just said, like, you know, I just want to play rugby, and then going to Boys High, like, they were really accommodating to that. Like, mm-hmm. um, they, they definitely, like, create a, a place of really, like, structure. It's really, like, this is our way. You either buy in or you or you don't, and then you go. So you talk to a lot of people that have sort of been through Boys High, and they either love it or they like, they hate it. But for me, I was just really fortunate, like, the structure, the um, sort of ethos that they go by, that was really good for me. It helped me a lot because, like, I came from... Obviously, I went to I went to um, primary school in Caby, a really small school, to uh, like a place with like 1,700 other boys, and it was just like a, such a drastic change. And so having that like that sort of structure and that ethos of you know either buy into what we're doing or you don't was really good because it's like sort of for me I was like oh I don't really have a choice so I brought into it like wholeheartedly, mm-hmm. and so that, that was sort of good and it helped them in, in my rugby and helped in my in my schoolwork as well because um. Yeah, like a lot of the teachers I have or I had were um also like involved in rugby, so that made it even easier as well because they're sort of like, well, you've got to do this part to make sure you can do the the fun stuff, the rugby stuff. So that was sort of good for me.
0: I was gonna say as well. I mean, you probably just alluded to the fact or alluded to a big factor as to why you bought in like with having that te- having those teachers that were involved with rugby. But did you feel like maybe your time in the hostel? brought you closer to the school as well because I mean I was never I was always a day boy throughout my time at Silverstream um, but I know from a lot of the boarders that I know you know they spend you know their life at the school you know or for you it was two years of your life at the school so but then you obviously go back home and you know you're welcome mum's homemade meals but you know like did you feel like that time? you know especially like that year nine and ten which is you know you're quite like you're almost still sponge-like do you feel mm-hmm. like that Brought you even closer. Like, do you think It would have it would have been maybe a little bit different had you been a day boy, year nine and ten? Definitely, bro.
1: Like, um, so when you go to the hostel in year nine, you can't go home. I believe it's for for the first month, so you're forced to um, stay at the hostel every weekend, and you get to really know like the guys that that are there with you because you're all in the same boat. Like, you're all missing home. You know, like you're all, like it's like it's such a new experience, and you do um you do everything together. So having like that group of what like sixty other guys, and and you all feeling the same things, you know, it sort of brings you all together, and then you sort of go through all those experiences, you know, those feelings of like being homesick or like, you know, a bit like um, a bit like hesitant on the place together. So I guess that was like that was massive for me. eh? Like having like guys that you know you don't know, and then all of a sudden you like become really close, really good friends, and you go through all those things together. That sort of that sort of relationship has an impact on how you feel about the place. Cause I was really lucky. Like I had a really good group of guys. Like it was a, a real diverse group. Like some guys have, you know, like come from farms, like from the city or like, you know, just like, everyone sort of had a different background. So it made us sort of draw together really quickly, which was awesome. Man. Like it made it so much easier having that month together, like just among the group and, and getting to know the school, getting to familiar with like how hostile life runs. Cause it's, um, it's an interesting setup there, eh? like you know, like your seventh formers, they they just like pretty much run the cutter. And so it's funny now, like looking like sort of going off topic, but like a few of the guys that um were my seventh formers are like my like teammates now. So like in the turbos, like one guy, Johnny Galloway, he was like the the biggest big dog when I was year nine. And I was like, everyone was petrified of him, like and now playing rugby with him, like he's one of my good mates. And he's just like looking back now we just laugh about it like how different it was yeah. but like having having that sort of experience and I guess building those relationships made the like the school part and the hostel part so much easier
0: yeah and, and like you mentioned as well like having boys from different walks of life I guess it makes you appreciate the stuff that you have and you perhaps take on new experiences you know with them inviting you elsewhere or teaching you about a whole bunch of other stuff my man so yeah cool and um before we crack into your rugby and like how your time at palmy boys rolled out one of the things that um or one of the common words that was attributed to you whilst at school from some of the, the stories that i've read about you was leadership um and i'm guessing that carried over to the rugby field so was that something like that, that you've always sort of been good at like leadership wise because you know you went on to captain the hurricanes under 18s you captain your own first 15 you captain new zealand schools or, you know, so, like, with that whole leadership thing, was it something that you were very, very, like, attentive with? Or is it something that, I don't know, just came naturally to you?
1: Yeah, sharks. I, I suppose, I just guess it sort of, um, I mean, get, came natural in a way. But, like, the the tools that I learned through rugby and, like, through, um, through the school, like, helped me grow into those roles. Like, the school, they have, like, a, um, a leadership program which is um, compulsory for like year nines and tens. And then as you progress through the years, it sort of like continues on. So I guess the, the basis of the way I guess I tried to act as a person was sort of based off those things that they taught us at school, like trying to have integrity, you know, humility and things like that. So I guess, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's never really been something that I've, you know, ever like tried really, hard at or like you know really thought like oh I need to act this in a way I just I guess the way I sort of went about it was just trying to be myself
0: that's the best way to go about it bro sorry I know that's those sorts of questions are quite tricky because I'm almost you know like singing your praises and I know for a lot of you boys you don't you like to play the humble (laughs) card um but no you answered that really really well but yeah onto your footy though um so were you always like a gun like were you straight into the first 15 in year 11 and then just carried on through
1: uh, nah, I don't. I wouldn't say I was a gun. Um, like, all like all my all my cousins and stuff, like when we played when we were younger, was so much better than me. Eh? Like, those guys were like scoring like five tries a game, and I was just you know the humble battler, just you know <laughs> patting them on the back. <laughs> but I guess um, when I went to boys' high, I guess um, it was great because I could just move away from you know everything else, and I could just be myself and um. I was fortunate enough to have really really good coaches who who um, really believed in me and sort of like saw that I had a real passion for the game and saw that I was you know pretty willing to work hard and and they they sort of got in behind that and sort of back, backed me up so I made um I did play I played first 15 in year 11 I was actually playing lock I think I'm probably the smallest lock to ever play first 15 rugby I was like <laughs> 80 kilos, dripping wet, probably not even six foot, <laughs> and just, just like, <laughs> trying my best, eh? So, um, yeah, so first 15 in year 11 was definitely, like, a big a big um, step up, like, from coming from, you know, under 15s, where it's just, like, you're the, it's still the same. You know, like, it's just, like, you're playing with the boys, you know, you're having fun. It's all of a sudden, it becomes far more serious. And, um, you know, like, I still remember... It, sitting in the sheds before my first game first white jersey game and like I've never had sort of the same feeling putting on a jersey like just that feeling of like responsibility and like the the feeling of like man like so much history behind the school and like all the guys that have had had played in the shoes before me I sort of I'd never I'd never experienced that feeling before and um sitting on the sitting on the bench, just really nervous. And I remember getting on in my first game and um I went on straight on for a line out. And um, first thing I did in first 15 was I dropped the line out, <laughs> dropped the ball. <laughs> so I was thinking to my head like, man, I'm off to a tough start. Here. <laughs> but, um, but thank goodness it sort of um sort of came right. And it was I was lucky man that year we had a really good team. We almost went to top four. We lost to um to Scots in the final. And that was the boys, you know, like Pete and Thomas and mm. and Alex and and those boys. So I was pretty um pretty stoked my first year, I eh? Like I was just learning and and sort of being able to experience a full season, going quite deep into it.
0: Right, and so as the years go on, so year twelve and year thirteen, you make your way to the back of the scrum, and things mm. kick on and. I guess going into that last year, that's when a lot of boys sort of get a a real idea of where they stand in comparison to a lot of other um, guys your age, talent-wise, you know, when it comes to rep teams. And I spoke about before the fact that you go on to captain the Hurricanes under-18s and go on to play schools. So, like, before you'd made those rep teams, like, going into that last year, was that something that, like, you'd focused on, you know, looking ahead, you know, maybe, you know, 12 months in the future, like, saying, like, yep, I want to give this footy thing a crack because... That's what I want to try and do full time once I'm finished here at Palming Boys.
1: Definitely, bro. In Year Twelve, I was I was pretty fortunate. I um I made made Canes 18s and made um New Zealand Barbarians, and oh, sort wow. of from there, I was I was like, I like, sort of like, okay, like, I wasn't ex- I definitely wasn't expecting, you know, those those things at all. But um, <laughs> I still remember my my school coach. He's um he's one of the greatest Man, Me and him a unbelievably tight like he's he's sort of shaped my footy career and and helped me still helps me to this day on my game and, and catch up all the time but I remember him standing at my front door he was one of the coaches and he said oh mate like you know you come to this camp you're just you're just going there for for development sort of thing like pretty much telling me like I, w- I wasn't gonna make the team <laughs> and I mean I remember I remember um, shutting the door and turning to my dad and I was just like man like you know like if, you know, if that, like, I'm not going there to, to make up numbers, I'm going there to, you know, put my best foot forward to make the team and, um, yeah, <laughs> fortunately enough, I, I ended up making the team and then making the Barbarian, so I guess those experiences really set me up coming into the next year to think, yeah, like, you know, I really want to push hard for this for this rugby dream, I guess, and to make the Canes um, 18s again, to make the 1st of Dean again, to make schools those were all like goals I set at the start of the year and just you know chipped away them and I was really lucky like my best mate him and I went through sort of age grade together and he was just we, we trained together all summer and it was just like a big focus for us just trying to be the best that we could be to put our first 15 in a in a good space and then as well for us to try achieve the goals that we'd set for ourselves so yeah man it was yeah it was a it was a cool year I still think back now it's just like I don't think I've ever had um, so much fun, you know. Like just every week, just trying to um, trying to be better, trying okay. to work work hard with um, with someone else right there by. You, you know what I mean? Like, it's, mm-hmm. I feel like rugby, in a way, it's, it's a team sport, but it's so individual the way you gotta go about your own work. But um, it was just for him and I. It was just we did everything together. So. It was just such a unreal year and just like a cool experience. So sort of go through that growth together.
0: That's one thing a lot of boys always talk about, you know, when I ask them about their footy careers as professionals and when they reflect on their times at school. And a lot of them say, you know, even some of the oldies that I've talked to, they say that the most fun they've ever had playing rugby was at school because although, you know, you get all the glitz and glam with being on TV and whatever, like it's just, you know, it's more it's more of a business. Whereas while you, whilst you're at school, you know, you're with your mate, you're literally playing, you know, for the pride of your school, you're playing for, you know, the guy that you're sitting in biology class two or three times a week, you know, and then you're sharing the field with him on a Wednesday at a traditional or on a Saturday. And yeah, like that sort of stuff um, can't be replicated. So, yeah, I mean, I even I look back fondly, even though I was, you know, not even a tenth of the player you were, bro, I, I thoroughly enjoyed my time at Silverstream, but we just talked about some of the accolades that you knocked off so you know going into 2017 your first year out of school what was the plan like did manawatu sign you up straight away
1: yeah bro so i i did my um i was pretty fortunate i i, I got the opportunity to sign fairly young so i did my academy year while i was at in year 13 and then my first year out of school i i was in the turbos signed a full contract with the turbos and yeah, that preseason when I finished school I was I was fortunate enough to do like the preseason with the canes as well. So um bro it was <laughs> coming out of school is such a such a shock you know like go from doing you know Honey Mullers and you know stuff like that <laughs> to like a um you know like MAS blocks and broncos and you know like full days of work which is just like pre is just a grind you know it's like so that was like such a shock for me. So the transition from school footy and school life to, you know, like going into a full-time rugby environment happened really quickly for me. And um, it was, it took took a lot of adjusting, like just like so many things like come into play that you don't really take into account when you're at school. Like, Mm. I mean, just like small things, like nailing your nutrition, like, bro, I go to the canteen most days, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, have like you know pies and stuff like that to you know like getting your skinnies done I was thinking like man like this is such a drastic change yeah and um I'm really grateful it happened like that one for the opportunity but two because it forced you to learn really quickly I was was like "Mm, probably can't do this (laughs) eat the same things I was eating at school or you know like stay up gaming with the boys and stuff like that you know it's (laughs) sort of like you, you gotta like I guess in a way adjust really quickly, which was which was really good, bro. But um, yeah, twenty seventeen was a yeah a good a, a really um enjoyable year. Just like experiencing things like um club rugby for the first time, which was you know so different to high school footy. And then coming into my 10 Cup first year out of school, I was just like again like quite small. Still still am fairly small to be fair, but. I was really fortunate. Like in, the, in that group, we had some some really, really awesome players. Like we had like Jason Emery, Jamie Booth, you know, Hayden Bubell Curtis, Antonio Kitty Kitty, guys that had been around the block, Nick Croswell, who were just really accommodating to me and, and made that transition really easy because they just allowed me to, you know, be myself. And you know, they just said, don't worry about trying to be anything you're not, just be who you are. And so that made it real easy for me coming into
0: that environment. Yeah, I can definitely see that. It's a little of the, well, when you have like a great group of senior boys, um, you know, again, touching on some of the other conversations I've had with players like yourself, they say that the transition into those professional environments, is just a hell of a lot easier because, you know, you, you go from being sort of like the, the big fish in a small pond to the small fish in the big pond and you don't mm-hmm. know where you stand. And like you said, you're still adjusting to the lifestyle. And I guess when you have those older guys that, you know, sort of taking you under their wing, to sort of show you the ropes that makes that journey a lot more stable but you, one of the follow-up questions i was going to have to you mention the fact that you went straight into the canes preseason straight out of school and then you straight into the men's stuff uh, with the manawatu turbos you know as a school lever i know that you know for a lot of guys that it's that, that flicking in the switch you know um like you said not taking part in those sorts of things to just make up the numbers but to actually dominate but for you like an 18 year old going up against full-time professionals. Was that, you know, were you like a deer in headlights initially? Or, again, like you said, like when you draw on that experience from when your first 15 coach rocked up to tell you that you're only going to take part in this campus development, did you take those opportunities, like, head on?
1: Bro, honestly, I guess I was a bit of both, eh? Like, going into that first day, like, the start of preseason's r- really tough. It's just a lot of running and, you know, like, especially coming – you know, And as a young guy, but at the same time, I just wanted to be a sponge and just make the most of the opportunity I was given, like try and grow my game as much as I could. And it was a, an awesome chance to, you know, sort of like test yourself against like really good players. And for me, like that, the challenge of, of being able to say, OK, this is this is what I do. I want to try see if I can do this against guys who have been been around the block, guys that are professionals, was really exciting for me. Like once you once you get into it and once you're in the thick of it, it becomes it becomes easier because it's just like, okay, sweet. This that is what like all the running and all the all the hard stuff is what it is, but there's still a lot of rugby content within that. And being able to test yourself and and you know, like try have a crack at, at the guys that are, have been there a while was was really exciting for me. Eh? so I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. There, eh? I guess it just um it definitely made me a better player as as like any sort of situation like that would, you know, make you so much of a better player being in a full-time environment. But um, yeah, just just being able to see and pick up on like things that other guys did really well. Like there were some guys there that, especially some like loose forwards that have been there for a long time, and just trying to pick up on the habits that they had and the way they sort of go about their work and training and and off the field was was really good for me to see at a young age.
0: Pretty crazy almost like 12 months span for you like you said you know you you hit the ground running training with your best mate to build into your your last year of school you go on to make those rep teams and then you're with the canes you know over that summer so um and then like you said you roll into club rugby and you know you got the turbo things at the end of the year but yeah i guess like being a palmy-ish boy you know like sort of settling there first year nine and ten at school but then with your parents living there now like you said um paradise north uh how big a deal was it for you to go on to make your your debut for for the turbos you know your first year out of school and like what do you remember from that night or even that week leading up to it you know knowing you're in the team
1: yeah bro it was um it was seriously special though
0: because
1: i'll I'll be honest like growing up through high school i wasn't a, a turbos you know a huge turbos fan but then coming as i got older coming out out of school was just like it was really cool like it's such a proud team. It's a proud union. And we have, you know, a fairly small community here in the two. And, and they sort of really get in behind the, the Turbos, which is really cool. But I still remember um, being named to play. It was quite late in the season and I've been, um, obviously, I've just been like chomping at the bit for an opportunity. And got named to play, debuted in, in Southland off the bench. So I travelled down to Invercargill. And I remember sitting on the, on the bench, um, you know, going through those warm-ups, and it felt like it had been, you know, an eternity. Like, the game was just, like, taking so long. I was just like, oh, you, know, get, like you know, come out after halftime, thing yeah, it's sweet, and just getting nervous and nervous. And it was about the 60-minute mark, and um, I got told to warm up. And I was warming up, and just, like, the Southland um, crowd was was fairly decent that day, and they were just, you know, bringing good energy, and I was just thinking, like, man, this is, like, like shucks, I just want to go on and just, you know, like, do my do my bit and I was saying sweet ran on and um first first um first player had to had to um defend a line out like a short line out in the backs and it was um Elliot Dixon running downhill straight at me and but I tackled him but like got like a real bad stinger and I was like yeah. you're kidding like <laughs> first, like first tackle in my team cup has to be an all black <laughs> and of course I get a stinger <laughs> and I just remember just the game went on it went away and just yeah like once you're in the thick of it, it was really good but 20 minutes but I've never been so knackered after a game like, I was spent like I was seriously spent I felt like I played 80 like I was so tired I it was just so quick so like physical and just man I just remember come up feel I think about like, man like that was you know such a cool experience I just yeah want to do everything I can to make sure, you know, and try to earn another opportunity to play because that was, yeah, pretty unbelievable.
0: Yeah, bro. Like you said, chomping at the bit and boys, once they get their opportunity, uh, well, once they get a taste, they just want to keep going at it more and more and more. And you must have done enough in the eyes of the Hurricanes coaches, you know, from your time in that camp. And I'm guessing they probably would have had um, some sort of relationship with your one or two coaches to get an idea of how you'd been developing because you were back into the Canes, sort of set up that summer as well and went over to play um in the global tens uh how how did you find that bro like i mean it looked pretty tiring when you you just come off the fact that you you know you spent 20 minutes in a game you know your first game at that level and i know this is a bit of a weird transition from me but you know going over there playing in that heat and playing you know a different game it's not sevens it's tens um Mm. but yeah like before you go over to oz like did you feel like, you know, being back in that cane setup? you had a better idea of what to be doing with yourself and, like, how to attack the training regime and not shortcuts, so to speak, but, you know, but little tips and tricks to get you through the days a lot better from that last year?
1: Definitely, bro. Yeah, definitely. Just, like, it was more so the small things, there, eh? like, around, like, recovery, you know, sleep, nutrition, and just, like, trying to um, get into, like, building your week and trying to, I guess, create, a plan for the week so you can tick off the things you need to tick off and get the most out of it. But, um, yeah, that pre-season was, I definitely felt like I'd grown a lot since the previous one. I sort of knew what to expect. And um, I guess the second time being there, you feel a bit more comfortable within the environment. Like, I, I was pretty familiar with a lot of the boys. I knew knew the coaches, so it wasn't so much of a, of a daunting, I guess, environment to go into. But yeah, um, going over to the tens, bro. Like it was, it was a crazy experience. eh? like, just like so, like it's hard to hard to like put your finger on what tens is. Eh? Like it's, it's, like you said, it's not sevens. It's definitely not fifteens. But it's sort of somewhere in the middle between. Because I, I went into it and I was thinking, oh yeah, this will be like sevens. It'll be hip of space. But it, it wasn't. It was it was far more um, physical to what I was expecting. But um, I was different. Playing in that heat is, is really something quite unique. Eh? Like, I, I'd never really experienced it before. And it was just like, man, like, you are like you play and then you, you might have, say, an hour before you play again. So you've got about, you know, 40 minutes to chill out before you're warming up again, back into it. And just, you know, that whole cycle of, of, the, of the day is just really taxing on the body. And the heat just makes it so much worse. Yeah, bro, it was, it was a it was a pretty crazy experience. So hey? like, I actually um, I actually got got injured there at the tens. But I um, you know, have been there and been in the thick of it. I was thinking, like, man, like, there's no way. Like, I thought it was nothing. I just got tackled awkwardly from behind, and yeah, I was like, felt like a bit of a sharp pain in my hip, and I was thinking, Nah, I'm all good. You know, like, this is such a a great opportunity and experience. I need to make the most of it. So I played on and yeah, it turns out I, like I actually tore the um, the cartilage in my hip and I was out. That was the last time I played for 2018, which was a real shame.
0: Yeah, bro. I was just about to roll into that the fact that you spent the rest of that year out with that hip injury. Mm-hmm. And if you don't mind talking about it, bro, because I'm not sure if it, how dark a time it was for you, bro, but if you do want to reflect on it, like what happened from there, obviously you come back to New Zealand, you know, your hip has given you grief and so... Do you go get the MRI and then like how does it roll on from there?
1: Yeah, bro. So yeah, hurt my hip at the tens and um come back. And that was actually um that was so so following that week was my last week with the Canes. It was the end of their preseason, and the team had traveled as soon as we got back pretty much that week the team traveled to Africa to start the super season. So I got back and I was thinking, like, man, like my hip's not good. And by like, the physios were like, okay, sweet, we'll reduce your running load and you know, stuff like that. And so I just carried on for I guess that whole week. And then I transitioned out of the canes environment and moved back to Mon or two. And then the whole period was was really slow moving. Like I didn't get an MRI for a while because the canes are just done there, but they're done the right thing by just like giving me my rehab plan, giving me stuff that I could do. And then it was sort of okay, sweet, that's done. I transitioned back to one or two so I had to get an MRI and stuff like that and then so that was like a month and then it sort of just kept continuing on oh, no, it's, it's um it's okay we'll try rehab it just didn't get any better just couldn't run couldn't do anything and so it gets from what was like February I believe and it gets to September and I still haven't had my surgery I'm still waiting for surgery and I'm thinking like like man like I've missed out it was like my my age group, yeah, for under 20s. I then, at that point, missed out on being able to play for a or two. So I was in a pretty dark place. And I was mm. just thinking, like, man, like, I was just desperate to get the surgery done so I could get back to playing rugby and, you know, get back to at least making, even if I can't play, you know, th- this season, at least can get on the other side of coming from surgery, rehabbing to be able to play again. Whereas at the moment, I was just sitting still, waiting for surgery and not being able to play or not being able to progress further or, like, closer to getting the back play. But, like, I look back at that year and, bro, just really, really tough year mentally. Like, I was, I'm was, i really grateful that I had, you know, a really good support system around me because, like, you don't actually... Like, I was, I was pretty fortunate, you know, in the first couple of years and, like, during school, like, I had a pretty good run in terms of no real major injuries, and then just to get this, you know, real shock of thinking like, man, like you go from <clears throat> go from one day being able to do everything to all of a sudden not. It's such a drastic change to what you're used to. So I'm just yeah, I was really grateful for the people around me. They sort of made me, um, you know, made me helped me a lot to get through it because it was yeah, seriously tough, bro.
0: Yeah man, and not to even compare my own sorts of injuries, but you know, health is one of those things that you do take for granted up until it's gone, and I guess you become more appreciative, like you said, of being able to do you know whatever movements whenever you want to, to you know, you know, drawing on those times when, like you said, like with your hip, you know, it sort of just gave you grief for so long and took you away from one of your passions. Um, mm. Yeah, bro. So w- when did you end up getting the surgery, and what was the what was the rehab timetable? I
1: believe I got it uh the back end of September or maybe early October and it was just it was so four months until I could run so I was really slow moving and then from that four months so that four months took me you know to the start of 2019 and so that four months was just trying to get you know like the strength back in the hip you know like trying to because if you Because it was like a, it's in a real niggly place. It's like, you know, your hip, like the joint where your leg, or like your leg like connects. So just the cartilage in there. Mm
0: -hmm. So
1: just like, it was real slow moving, especially for the first six weeks. Because you're on crutches, can't like, you know, take (laughs) big steps or anything like that. So it was quite slow moving. And then, um, yeah, just like having to get back into running and, you know, like stuff like that. And then by that point, you've got, a whole lot of, you know, rugby-specific things you have to tick off the box before you're able to play, like contact and, you know, stuff like that. So, bro, it was yeah. Yeah, like four months n- until I could run and then from there, I think I played the second club game, which was like, mm, maybe March. So, yeah, pre- pretty long time.
0: <laughs> yeah, bro. And then, um, not to keep going or to keep mentioning bad times, but there actually wasn't a lot of time between recovering from that injury to when from what I've read you picked up a knee injury
1: (laughs) yeah bro yeah oh man it's rough man (laughs) yeah Yeah, so I was at um, my third game back playing club just sort of like you know really keen like loving being back playing footy and I tore the meniscus in my right knee Mm -hmm. and so I was thinking like you're kidding like you know like and I felt I felt like I felt like a pain in my knee. And I sort of had a feeling it was, you know, not very good. Yeah. But and but like from my mind, I was just like, nah, like, it's it's fine. You know what I mean? Like I've I've just spent, you know, 12 months away from rugby. I just like cannot be injured again. But you know, <laughs> it, it is what it is. And I yeah, so I had to have um had to have surgery on my knee, just a keyhole surgery. So it was about, you know, two two months, I think it was, away from the game. And then I was back just in time for the Mitre 10 Cup. So um, definitely not as bad as as the hip, but still really frustrating. Like, you know, just come back and then, yeah, bang, another injury. So far out, man. I was, yeah, again, pretty under the pump, though. Eh? <laughs>
0: Yeah, I was going to say, did you just draw on the same people to keep your head high? Because the, I guess that's one of the things with rugby, bro, with it being a contact sport and, you know, you can't – you really have to take and make the most of your opportunities because you just never know when injuries are going to strike like that. And for you, you know, um, not that you thought it was like you're, you're right, but, you know, the fact that you've done so much rehab and been sitting out from the game for so long to then come back and then, you know, like you, you feel a tweak in your knee and you're like, nah, that, that, that's just not fair. There's no way I could have just done all that work to then have it taken away from me. And then, you know, fortunately for you, like you said, it wasn't that long um, a spell on the sidelines again, considering what you'd just previously gone through. But did your mental get, you know, struck down again from that? Or did you did you build up like a, um, I guess, a, a good wall of resilience, you know, considering what you'd just gone through the previous 12 months?
1: Yeah, bro, like, um, at the start, I was really, like, why me, if if you know what I mean? I was thinking, like, man, like, again, like, you know, like, what's going on? Like, how's this happening again? But then at the end of the day, like, what sort of helped me a lot was realising, like, you can control what you can control. And, like, getting injured, you know, whilst playing is, like, one of those things you can't control. It's just part of the game. So I think recognizing that was was sort of good for me because it it made me realize, okay, yeah, I've got injured. Yeah, I have to have surgery again. Damn. But in what ways can I still try to get better? So I can still like use my upper body. I can still, you know, I can still do a lot of things. Let's just try make a focus on on improving in those areas. And having like like or two have been awesome, man, like we've had like um some really good people within our environment and they were really good around just supporting me and around making sure like, you know, I knew that that they had my back and that they were there for me. And that that was that was awesome, bro. It's like it's such a rugby, be such a cutthroat environment. And like the people who are, you know, like like that, at the end of the day, like they're, they're our employees, you know, you know what I mean? And like for them to really stand by me and say, you know what, like now nah, We've got your back. We're gonna get you through this. That was huge, uh, and my family, like my partner, everyone was just like, everyone around me was just like, you know, like, yeah, you've got hurt again, but like, we're here to support you and we're here to help you, you know, get back on the field and and try assist me in any way I needed. So that was yeah, having those people around me and and like having a really good support network just made getting injured yet again well a lot easier.
0: Yeah, bro, I can see that. And not to be a Debbie Downer, bro, um, and I only ask this, you know, because of the because of the way you were earmarked for higher owners once you left school. But did you ever feel any sense of pressure, um, you know, with having, you know, such big reps when you left school and you signed this contract to be a turbo at 18 and then bang, you get struck with these injuries. And I guess like after you get hit with a double whammy, you know, then I guess there, there probably were a couple of dark times there for you where you're like, you know, is this going to be me? Like, did that ever enter into your psyche, bro, at all? Well, I
1: guess the the hardest thing for me was, um, one, not being able to play rugby, but two, like, seeing the guys my age around me, you know, like, doing really well, and it's not because they were doing well that I found it tough, but I was, was so, like, thrilled for them and stuff, but just, like, I guess seeing, like, the guys that, you know, like, you grew up playing with progressing through the stages of their career was thinking, like, man, like, I so desperately wanted that to be me, and just having to be, you know, a wee bit patient and resilient to get through the injuries and stuff like that. To then, you know, work hard for for those opportunities to hopefully arise for for myself. But um, I I, fe- I found the best thing for me was just removing myself from rugby in those times, like especially during my hip. I was like Man or Two really keen to like have me involved in. And for me to grow my game in terms of, you know, like analysis and, you know, helping out with forward specific stuff like that. But I just found that really tough, like seeing, seeing like all my mates and stuff playing. I found it, I found it really tough not being able to play myself and then being in that environment. So I guess it wasn't so much, so much the the pressure of it. It was just seeing guys around you that you um, go through their careers and you're sort of like, sitting still if that makes sense bro
0: mm. yeah and it's not because you don't want to be progressing it's just that yeah your body needs a bit of time to heal considering it's gone mm. through the wars and but then funnily enough again from the reading that i've done you end up coming back and playing really really well towards the back end of 2019 even off the back of both those extended stints on the sideline you know you'd only played three games i guess up until you got back in the mix with Manawatu. over that past, what was it 24 months so I mean what do you credit that to bro like do you put it down to you know just again not taking anything for granted because of how long you had spent away and was your rehab just really really good
1: oh I don't don't know if I was playing that well to be fair but um well I just think like getting injured has given me a, a, a good perspective on on rugby like every time I have an opportunity to play or have an opportunity to train I just want to make the most of it because I know how quickly it can be taken away. And like, there's just like, obviously there's times where it's like, you know, like it's, it's tough to, you know, get up and do fitness or whatever like that, things like that. But like, it's, it's so like the, that pain of like the hurt of like running and stuff is so much nicer than the pain of not being able to play. So every time I had an opportunity, while well, still I have an opportunity to play or to train, I want to make the most of it because I know how quickly it can be taken away. And just like, I was just really keen to like, as soon as I came back from the injury, just like, rehab was sort of an ongoing thing. And just so so I was like, sweet, I want to try to get my body right so I can play. And then so like having that drive to just being able to play made me really keen to like, you know, get involved and and get amongst it.
0: That's a great perspective to have on it, bro. And that's probably why... You've got to the point, or got to, you yeah, know, yeah, got to the point where you're standing here today, talking with me, man. So, fast forward twelve months, back with the turbo, and you put together another strong season, and you earn your first full Super Rugby contract, going straight through to twenty twenty two. And considering like all that we've talked about, probably the last half an hour, 45 minutes. Um, I mean, like, how special was that for you to, like, finally, even though you hadn't played a game, you know, to I guess to almost have that security and have that faith in you from the coaches from the next level? Um, yeah, like, again, yeah. what did that mean to you? And, like, how did you even learn of that news?
1: Well, i was, um, yeah, a, a surreal feeling. Like, I grew up loving the Canes, supporting the Canes, and, you know, like, always wanting to play for the Hurricanes. So for them to give me an opportunity... So, you know join the team was just uh, an unbelievable feeling and something that I'm still and always will be extremely grateful for. Uh, it was a it was a sort of um it was interesting like because in, in 2020 I was with the team the whole season as a player replacement. And so I I just come home from um from training one day, just chilling out and um my agent calls me. He says, oh um I got some good news. I was like oh yeah what say is it um the Canes have offered you a, a contract for two years, and i was just thinking, like, man, like, I've just come from I just come from work. Like, why why don't they just tell me? Like, I was just with them like an hour ago. But like, <laughs> but just like, oh man, like getting that call was like, yeah, just an unbelievable feeling, and being able to, I guess, reflect on the on the last sort of couple of years and thinking around those injuries and and all that sort of. Adversity, I guess, was just a really cool feeling, man, It's just something that I'll, I'll never forget. That, um, like, getting receiving that call and, and being able to tell my family and, and you know just taking a moment to really think, like, man, like that's such a such an amazing opportunity and something like like I said, like I'll I'll be grateful for forever, man, because it was just yeah, such a cool moment there.
0: I guess so many people played a part and you get into that point. I mean, you touch on the fact that two, you know, kept their faith in you and helped you along with your rehab process and, you know, your friends and family that helped, you know, stay positive when, you know, you were going through negative periods and, like you said, a, a surreal moment for yourself. And even then, again, you go through the Canes preseason and I'm guessing you would have liked to have started uh, round one, but they made you wait um, probably close to two months to where you um, made your debut against the Chiefs in a game that unfortunately ended with the Chiefs winning another Damian McKenzie clutch performance but mm. what do you remember you know coming off the bench that night um, was it similar to the and Stags game where you like just getting real nervous and was the game taking an age?
1: Yeah bro especially um, I, I was quite nervous but like in a funny way not as nervous as I thought I'd be like I was um, Hamil- I'd never played in, in, in Hamilton before and I was a, a really good crowd and and at the ground the, the crowd's really close to the field itself and so it was a it was an awesome atmosphere and the game the game was really tight and I only got about um I think it was you know eight minutes or something like that seven minutes but I'm so grateful for those you know for those minutes <laughs> but I remember where I took um, you know I was warming up and I was like okay sweet and then um Wardy our, man, our team manager was like oh Brad's come over here you're gonna jump on and I remember running on bro and I started cramping up as I'm running on <laughs> and I'm thinking you're kidding me I, I, I'm sorry like, I like before that point I wasn't really a huge cramper and I'm thinking like you're kidding I'm running off my debut for the team that I grew up loving and I'm getting cramped <laughs> bro, so the whole the whole sort of eight minutes was just like you know really fast and play you know like trying to get involved and every stoppage cramped and I'm just thinking like there's no way I can tell anyone <laughs> I'm not looking to the physio to the sun or anything that I've got cramped because like that is just the most <laughs> like that'd be the worst possible outcome bro like just get on a minute and our uh, Braz has got to come off he's got cramped <laughs> like, can you just imagine that eh? like oh but <laughs> yeah thankfully I was able to um <laughs> to um battle through and, and got there in the end but Bro, I was just yeah, like after the after the final whistle went and sort of losing on full time with like you said, Damien sliding that kick was just like gut wrenching. But in a real selfish way, I was felt felt like not 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 happy we lost. Obviously, like I was so gutted we lost. But just that feeling of like being able to put on the jersey for the for the first time was was such a special moment. Like it would have been so much more special if, if we were able to, you know, close out the game. But unfortunately, it wasn't meant to be. But then, um, bro, because I didn't play many minutes, you got to, like, for the guys that come off the bench, you got to, like, do catch-up running. Yeah, bro. <laughs> so I was doing, bro, I felt like I was doing fitness for, honestly, half an hour. And my friends and family are just, like, in the stands next to the, the 22 we were running, just watching me, do fitness I'm just like desperate to go but you know like see my parents and see my partner and you know all all the boys and stuff like that I'm just trying to pump it out so I could go you know like have a moment with them but man it was honestly I felt like I was out there for so long doing the extra running but but it's a a day and a night that I'll I'll never forget uh, such a such a cool moment
0: man just yeah I can only imagine you know like like you said you, you dreamed up until that point as a youngster Putting on the jersey for the Canes, um, and then yeah, the fact you did it in front of friends and family, even though you would have wanted to run to them straight after the game, um, you had to make them mm. wait a little bit to make sure you got your top up in. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah, I guess the the pinnacle of your journey so far, you know, just making that debut, and you end up clocking um, up another four games to the Canes, which included a couple of meat pies. And this is just a, a weird rugby geek one for me, bro. And again, I'm not trying to blow too much smoke up your ass, but you'll try against the Highlanders. You showed a bit of toe. <laughs> and it's one thing that was talked about in my lounge room, like straight away, like, man, that Lucy's pretty bloody quick. So for me, bro, <laughs> just, just out of curiosity, and please don't be humble, like, where do you rank um, amongst the Fords speed wise? Oh, oh <laughs> bro. Oh, man. Like,
1: I'm, I'm not, not trying to sure, set you up man. here, bro. I'm
0: not. I'm, I'm, God, I'm not. I'm not trying to g you up here, bro. But um, <laughs> I don't oh, know. Again, bro. me being a weird rugby geek, I was just like, yeah, that guy. You know, you look pretty bloody quick, bro. Well, you, you did on the night. Oh, man, like, oh, bro, that's, that's one of those questions, though. I like. know. Oh, you, you, you have to ask the other boys, bro. <laughs> I,
1: don't,
0: I, I don't know. You have to ask the other boys.
1: I like. Oh. To, I like to um. I like to bet myself in a race. But, like, you know, like, a few boys in the bro, Adi and, and Bayer, those boys are pretty quick, eh? But, like, yeah, we have to have, maybe we have to have a race till something
0: figured out. <laughs> <laughs> My baby. I always like going to the horse's mouth to try and get the info. But um, <laughs> like, like I mentioned before, bro, you, you footy boys play pretty humble. So it's hard <laughs> to get the real answers. Um, I need to go to the statisticians. Uh, but for you, man, moving forward, um, we talked about the start. You're on a break. you got pre-season starting tomorrow. And you've got the Keynes contract running through to the to the end of the next year. I don't know. What does the next six to 12 months look like for you? You know, like do you have any goals set out that you know you're willing to share with us? Well,
1: for me, the the next sort of six to twelve months is just I just want to be the best I can be. I just want to grow my game every day. Coming up to this minor team cup season, I probably haven't like I'm always I'm always so excited for you know a, a minor team. Cup season or, or any season, for that matter, you know, but just like, I'm really, really looking forward to getting in and connecting with the boys and, um, you know, hopefully being able to to get some really solid minutes under my belt, you know what I mean? I just want to try to do my best to to earn my spot on the team every week and, and try to be the best that I can be. And then coming into Kane's season next year, obviously, I feel a lot more... Um, I suppose comfortable and, and confident within that environment now after being there for, for a for a full season and, and you know, having played a couple of games. So I just wanna add to the add to the team in any way possible. You know, I wanna do my bit to try make both the Turbos and the hurricanes win championships and win games. Cause that's 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 the most important thing for me, is just being the best that I can be and trying to do everything I can to help help the guys around me become better and, and to win games, bro.
0: Bro, just like all the other questions I've asked you so far, um, that was a perfect answer, my man. Um, and I look forward to you cracking on with the Turbos this year and with the Hanes the following year, bro. Um, And I know I've taken up a big chunk of your time on a Sunday, bro, but before I let you go, I've just got two segments that I want to end with, the second one being, well, what I deem funnier. But can you run us through what your game day routine looks like?
1: Yep, sure, bro. So, bro, I used to have like a real set, solid game day routine, but I sort of I found um, coming out of school and, and and into like you know different environments, it's quite it's quite tough. But I wake up the same time every game day, ten to eight. I eat the same thing every game day. Wear my game day underwear. You know, like I've had my trusty headgear, bro, since I was under twelve. So that's yeah, she's pretty old, but man, like. Just um yeah, wake up, same time, eat the same things. I always have a big sleep on game day because I, I find that bro, if I if I sit if we're playing at you know five past seven and I'm sitting around all day, like bro, I just, I'm just in my own head, I'm just thinking. So I like I like to have a little nap and um, get up, eat lunch, hit primer, come back, eat, have another sleep and then coffee and then you know, we're on the bus and we're off to play. So as for us, as it's been a, a long period of trial and error. Eh? Like, but I used to do the exact same thing. I'm pretty like routine-based person. Like, I pack my bag in the same order every week. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, like funny stuff like that. Well, it sounds funny, but like for me, that's like you know ticking like those boxes. I don't forget anything just so come game day, come you know it's time to play. I don't have to worry about anything else but just going out there and having a
0: jammer. Uh, uh, bro, ready to rock and roll. And what about superstitions? you have to put a left boot on for the right boot? Do you have to listen to a certain song? Yeah, bro.
1: <laughs> I, um, bro, I've, I've listened to Can't Hold Us by Macklemore, I think probably more than anyone on this planet. <laughs> like, that's like, game, Like, getting ready for game, like, that that's my song, man. Like, I, the only time I ever listened to is on game day. And it's just, it's always been, like, the song, like one of the signs that just, you know, sort of gets me up. So, and um, yeah, not not so much with the boots, eh, but I just, I guess I always have like a little, little like um, when I put on my jersey, take a moment, you know, sort of after that, sort of feel fairly ready to go. Away.
0: Nice, bro. Cool. All right. That's your game day routine. And then rolling into my, well, what I consider funny segment, bro, it's called 10 in the bin. So I've just got 10 questions for you, bro. And if you can answer them as honestly as possible, um, that'd be greatly appreciated.
1: Sweet.
0: All right. Number one, what's your go-to vessel at a pre-drinks on a night out?
1: Uh, Green Cruiser. Turbo Juice. Turbo
0: <laughs> Juice. <laughs> uh, biggest coach's pet you've been around? Biggest coach's
1: pet I've been around. <laughs> True. Um, but I'm going to say Scott Scrafton, my boy Scraffy. Him and, uh, him and our him and our forwards coach pretty tight eh? <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, uh, must do on a day off. Must do on a day off. Mm. Coffee and cards
1: with the boys goes pretty good.
0: True. Where's the where's the hit spot for you boys in Wellington? Not not to give it away.
1: Bro, I feel oh, I feel the boys like old um old pre bay, eh? but I'm I'm not too massive on it. I think they just get like to go for you know a bit of a look and a bit of a show, but. Not really, not really my vibe, eh? I quite like Lafaro. That's, that's not a bad spot. Good coffee in that. So, yeah, there or, you know, Enigma is always a safe bet. Cheeky yeah, ice bro. cream, maybe.
0: <laughs> yeah, bro, I love the food there. Yeah. What's your least favorite fitness block?
1: Oh, bro, we do this. We do this sh- like thing at the Canes where um, it's, it's like a circuit and it's like repeat efforts and you're like pushing tires and, and hitting tackle bags and, you know, doing sort of rogue stuff like that. And I just, bro, that one gets me good. Eh? So I guess that one, that or a yo-yo. which just coming tomorrow.
0: <laughs> yeah, bro, I'm not the biggest fan of running, but it's a necessary evil. Uh, favorite cheat meal?
1: Um, I'm quite big on, um, I quite like my cheat meals, but I quite like um, Burger King, eh? coupon number 46. <laughs> yeah, it's down pat. Coupon number forty six from, from DK putting putting everyone on a little a little uh a little cheat there.
0: All right bro, to give it a go. Um, yeah, most yeah. Re- <laughs> most regretful baller purchase, bro. So what I mean by that is, what have you gone out, splashed a whole lot of money on, and then like instantly regretted it or regretted it the next day?
1: Bro, I'm I'm like I'm real into shoes, so I'm quite a quite a um, I guess a sneakerhead. and. Bro- <laughs> <laughs> I bought these, these shoes, um, a pair of dunks, just like a real impulse purchase was like, you know, sort of 500 bucks on a pair of shoes which is, you know, silly, but I didn't, um, I didn't check the release calendar and they re-released like three weeks later. And so I spent 500 on shoes that are worth maybe mm, 250 now. So it's just like a bit oh. of an hour. And I thought, bro, honestly, like it was so impulse. I don't even really like them. It was just one of those things, you know, like oh yeah, those are cool. Grab them, never wear them.
0: <laughs> Dagger, yeah, yeah, bro. I got guilty of that day. Eh? Like, I actually, I, I was into the shoe collecting buzz for a while, man. But I built up sort of a relatively respectable collection that, um, you know, just with me working like a nine to five job, I'm like, bro, I don't get enough wear out of these, man. Considering mm-hmm. like how much you splash on them, but it's probably different for a boy like you, bro, and, and, and you know, boys similar to you that. They're into that. That I guess can rock up the training wearing sneakers, whereas at work they expect me to wear almost like number ones, bro. So yeah, I had to bro. cut it down.
1: <laughs> it's one of those things, though. Like for I got, I've got all these shoes, and I just honestly I wear like Birkenstocks every day. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, they just sit in my um, my wardrobe.
0: <laughs> for a hundred, and then I even found myself being real precious with them, like. I'd yeah, never boy, wear them to yeah. town. I'd only wear them like if I was going out for dinner. And that was like once <laughs> in a blue moon for me, bro. And that was just a stun. I'm like, what am I doing? Like, no one appreciates that I've got five, five bucks on my feet besides <laughs> me, bro. And like the odd guy that is in yeah. Wellington that wears them as well. or yeah, of yeah. a similar interest, bro. But yeah, an expensive hobby, but no, bro, I definitely get the impulse with buying those sorts cool. of shoes. Uh, guilty music pleasure, bro. Guilty music pleasure. Abba,
1: bro. Love me some Aberdeen, dancing queen, <laughs> another game day favorite.
0: <laughs> I guess like on that sort of dancing buzz, bro, do you ever go to dance move?
1: Nah, bro. I, I like cannot boogie uh, like just yeah. Maybe after a few um a few drinks might, you know, get a little two-step in, but like I'm not can't move. I'm not like some of the boys. Some of the boys can, you know, don't look awkward when they dance, but I'm one of those guys, unfortunately, <laughs> so it's a tough
0: watch yeah <laughs> bro I'm similar man I feel like whenever I start dancing like everyone just like everyone's eyes are drawn to me just to see how stiff I am bro um, <laughs> and that's why yeah like similar to you bro I never go past the two-step otherwise I'm just parked up on a bench leaner um <laughs> uh question number nine my man uh biggest scrub you've played with and against
1: biggest scrub I've played with and against hmm it's true <laughs> um Colsey, a bit of grub. <laughs> but like, you gotta love it. Um, bro, Antonio Kitty Kitty, that guy is, um, bro, he is a grub, man. <laughs> he is, <laughs> but like, it's just like the best way, if you know what I mean. Like, it's a bit like Cozy, bro, you just like, you just love to see it. Mm. biggest girl I've played against, man, shucks. Bro, I'm, I'm actually too sure about that, Why not I? Like, no one's no one's like done anything really, too, too, too bad. There's a, there's a guy in um in Manawatu Club Rugby. His name's Stake. He plays for um Liam Mitchell's Club. And my first year out of school was my first time playing them. And I'm at the bottom of a ruck. And I've never I've never met or seen this guy before, bro. He just like grabs me my collar and just punches me square in the nose, <laughs> and just like gave me the nice little welcome to um to club rugby so I guess steak like stake you from uh,
0: one or two club rugby well legend by the sounds of it my oh, man not for what he did to you but yeah <laughs> I guess to, to have that sort of reputation and that nickname no, bro <laughs> alright last question my bro Um, you just got to finish off the sentence for me Saturdays are for the boys <laughs> of
1: course
0: I wasn't sure where that was going to go bro I, I heard I heard the partner thing mentioned you know during the um, some of the talk in there bro so um hopefully she's not listening my man
1: yeah let's hope
0: uh. <laughs> uh, but that's a wrap bro um on 10 in the bin and our podcast and i just want to say um i've thoroughly enjoyed this i usually have like a fair idea of how i want this or how i want my podcast to roll out but yeah credit to you and um just how transparent you were with me um over the last hour bro like i i honestly like I was taken back by some of the insight that you were very grateful, or I was very grateful for some of the insight you passed over, um, and hopefully the listeners can appreciate it too. Um, but yeah, all the best for this upcoming turbo season with you, bro. Hopefully, preseason isn't too much of a hassle, and um, if I'm ever, or if I ever come across you, um, either up your way or in Wellington, bro, um, please don't be shocked when some random fella saying that he got you on his podcast. Um, <laughs> Just wants to say thank you again, my man, because, yeah, um, I really do appreciate your time and your story.
1: I appreciate you having me on, bro. It's been a real enjoyable day.
0: (laughs) Well, enjoy the rest of your Sunday, my bro. I'm not sure if anything will top this for me, but, yeah, great for your time (laughs) and go well.
1: Cheers, bro. Appreciate you.